God's amazing grace. So this is part five, the final message in the series on God's amazing grace. We've been talking about different aspects of the grace of God. And this morning I want to talk about God's grace for ministry. God's grace for ministry. You know, one thing that we've been emphasizing throughout the series is that everything in the Christian life is by grace through faith. Amen? Everything is by grace through faith. We don't deserve it. It's unmerited. And yet God gives it to us because of His grace upon our lives. And all we do is receive it by faith. That's the only thing that God asks of us to receive by faith. And this morning I want to talk about the aspect of of God's grace for ministry. And even ministry is a work of God's grace through us. None of us can take credit for anything that is accomplished through our lives, even in ministry. Amen? Ministry is a work of God's grace through us. Listen to what Paul the Apostle wrote in 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 10. He said, According to the grace of God which was given to me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds. He says, you know, you know, according to the grace of God given to me, I am a church planter. I go about laying foundations. And God sends in people and they build on it. So he says, you know, I'm a church planter or I lay foundations, not because I'm so smart or I'm so, you know, good. He says, I do it according to the grace that was given to me. Amen. Ministry. Is a work of God's grace through our lives. None of us can take credit for what happens through us. It's according to His grace. It's because of His grace. It is empowered by His grace. And it's in an alignment with His grace for us. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Ephesians chapter 3. I want to read a few verses from there and just share some insights on grace for ministry. In Ephesians 3 verses 1, 2, 7 and 8, Paul writes, he says... For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus for you Gentiles, if indeed you heard of the dispensation, that is the stewardship or the administration, the management of the grace of God, which was given to me for you, of which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God. That's in verse 7. Of which, that is the gospel, I became a minister According to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power to me who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. I want you to notice a few things here from these four verses. In verse 2, Paul says, the dispensation, which simply is the stewardship or the management or the administration of the grace of God was given to me. Ministry really is a stewardship of the grace of God given to us. Amen? In ministry, in serving, God has made you a steward. He's put you responsible. He's made you a manager of His grace for your life. You are a steward of that grace. So the question we need to ask ourselves this morning is, you know, am I being a good steward of the grace that has been given to my life? Am I managing it well? Am I a good administrator of the grace of God? I'm a steward of the grace of God given to me. And he continues in verse 2. He says, the dispensation, the grace of God given to me for you. God's grace is given to me for you. God doesn't release His grace upon you so that you could just spend it on yourself. His grace given to you is always for somebody else. 
Amen. It's for somebody else. It's for you to bless somebody, enrich somebody else's life, serve somebody else with, with the grace he's given to you. It's the grace of God upon your life. It's not so that you could, you know, make a name for yourself, spend it on yourself, build something for yourself. The grace of God given to you is for someone else. Amen. It's for others. And if you look at it very specifically in Galatians 2.9, Paul says this. He says, you know, God gave his grace to Peter for the Jews. He gave his grace to me for the Gentiles. So this for you is also not just people in general. It's also a specific group of people. Paul said his grace was given to me for the Gentiles, a certain kind of people. And that's why we have amongst us people who've got grace to work with different categories of people. You know, some people are so good with children. And I know I don't have the grace for that. I've tried it. I was successful for one service with the kids, you know. But then I realized the grace of God has not been given to me for children. You know, I can be with them, but to do something meaningful, to impact their lives, I don't have the grace for it. But Pastor Stephen does, Pastor George, he has, and... Several of you have the grace of God given to you for children. Amen. That's why we find people who, you know, they just get drawn to a certain class of people. Maybe a certain tribe. Maybe the poor. Maybe uh, those in a certain region of this world. Maybe a certain class in society. But you and I, I mean, we can kind of, you know, make our way there. But we feel like a fish out of water. But they can just mingle with them. They just, you know, they're just in their elements. Why? Because they've been given grace for that kind of people. Are you with me this morning? The grace of God given to me for the Gentiles. For this kind of people, I've got this grace to minister to them, to make something happen in their lives. Then he says in verse 7, of which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me. Here's some very important truth, you know, what you become must be in line or in accordance with the grace of God given to you. You know, I would love to be a Martin Smith or a Matt Redmond, but I don't have the grace given to me for that. Amen. So for me to try to become in ministry, one of those kinds of people, it's just not going to work. What you become, uh, he says, I became a minister according to the great gift of the grace of God given to me. Amen. Don't try to become something for which you've not been given the grace to become. Amen? God knows you. He knows how He's designed you. So therefore, He's given you the right kind of grace for that kind of, for what He's designed you to be. So instead of wanting to be something that you've not been graced to become, recognize the grace given to you and become a minister. Enter into that kind of service for which God has given you the grace. Amen? So I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God. And he continues in verse 7. By the effective working of his power. Very important. God's power always accompanies his gifting of grace. If you begin to operate in your area of grace, you don't have to worry about anointing. Because the effective working of his power will be there. When you are moving in accordance with the gift of the grace of God given to you. Amen. His, the effective working of His power accompanies the gift of His grace that I extended to your life. And then in verse 8, He says, To me, who am the least of all the saints, this grace was given. God extends grace for ministry even to those whom we think 
are not qualified. To me, I'm the least of all the saints, Paul says. God gave me this grace. No wonder God surprises us. You know, when he takes a person who we think is really not qualified, and he does something amazing through their lives. I mean, they, they may not have even graduated after 10 standards, but they have an international ministry. Think about Joyce Meyer. She doesn't have a college degree. But what a ministry. I mean, it's impacting the world. No college degree. Not seminary trained. I'm thinking about a man named Sunday Adelija. He was in that, from Nigeria. Orphan. Raised by his grandmother. Till the age of 12. Before, by the time he was 12, he had to work two jobs just to survive. A little boy. Can you imagine? Go cut firewood, sell it in the market. And, you know, come and help his grandmother make meals. That was his early life. And... Uh, Somehow he was able to get an education, finish his 12th, 10th standard, whatever that is. And then he got a scholarship to go to Russia and to study, you know, mass media, mass communication, whatever that is. And, and so he went to Russia here in a, and just before, four months before he left to go to Russia, he, he was saved. He came to know Jesus Christ. And here in Russia, all alone as a Christian, just newly saved in a communist country. Had to learn the Russian language, studying mass media. And, and he was just growing in the faith by secretly reading the Bible. He, in his hostel room, he couldn't read because his roommate were, reported him to the communist spies. And they, at one time, they even accosted him and said, you know, you're not allowed to read your Bible here. So there he was in such a situation, you know, studying an African man in a, in a Soviet, in, in Russia, learning, growing up this way. Anyway, he did very well in his studies and then God moved him to Kiev where he went there initially to do, you know, to work in this area of education. But God called him and said, you know, I want you to pastor a church. I want you to do ministry here. He was an African man. Such a very such a rough upbringing. He began to pastor and raised up the biggest church in Eastern Europe. More than 20,000 people. African pastor, white congregation. It shocked the world. Presidents were shocked. How could this happen? The United Nations was shocked. How could an African man come and have such impact in a former Soviet Union uh, territory? How could it happen? There it was. The government was changed because of that church in that nation. To me, who am the least of all saints, this grace was given. Amen. God gives grace for ministry. People whom we hardly imagine would make their lives count for the kingdom of God. The gifts of the Spirit are gifts of grace. I mentioned this earlier to you, earlier in the series. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 says, There are diversities of gifts. The Greek is charisma, which simply means gifts of grace. Sometimes we think we have to work our way into the gifts, but listen, the only thing you can do is prepare yourself, but the gifts are gifts of grace. They are really expressions of the grace that God wants to extend to somebody around you. And he's just using you as a channel. He's just using you as a medium to extend that grace into that individual's life or that a group of people. The gifts of the Spirit are gifts of grace. And if we can just learn to rely on, on the grace of God, uh, we can have more of his gift just flowing through our lives. I want to talk a little bit here this morning about calling, grace gifting, and anointing. These three go together. The calling, grace gifting, or gifts of grace, and anointing. You know, every person sitting here this morning, as you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are already called. Amen? Every person here has a call of God on their life. You're not waiting for the call. 
It's already been given to you. In 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 9, the Bible says that God has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, not according to our achievement here on earth, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus. I want you to notice carefully, it says, purpose and grace given to you. God's purpose, which you could use other words like calling or function, and His grace for that calling or purpose has already been given to you in Jesus Christ. Purpose and grace, which was given to you in Christ Jesus. Amen. God has given you a purpose. He's given you grace for that purpose. Every person here has been given purpose and grace in Christ Jesus. Romans chapter 12 verses 4 through 6 amplifies this truth. It says, For as we have many members in one body, but all members do not have the same function. It says all members do not have the same function. We understand that. But what we should not miss is that all members do have some function. Tell a neighbor, you have some function. There is no showcase member in the body of Christ. You're just there as a showcase piece. Every member has some function. Now, it's not the same function, but you have some function. So, verse 5. So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Verse 6. Look at the assumption. Having then gifts. Meaning, it's assumed you have a function and now he's assuming you've got gifts for that function. Having then gifts. Deferring according to the grace that is given to us. Let us use them. It's no longer a question whether you have a call of God. You are called. It's no longer a question whether you have a purpose in life or whether you have a function in the body. You have purpose. You have a function in the body of Christ. And it's no longer a question whether you have the gift of grace because it says, having then gifts of grace, let us use them. The only question now is, are you using the gifts of grace that are already given to you? Amen. Every one of us have grace for ministry. There, have been, there are gifts of grace given to us for ministry. Having gifts according to the grace given to us, let us use them. Ephesians 4, 7 says, To each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. There's no one who can say, you know, I don't have grace to do anything. My only grace is to be a gracious church member. Please, there's more than being a gracious church member. You have a call in your life. There's a purpose that God has put in you. There's grace gifting that's resident in you. Each one of us, grace has been given in accordance to the measure of Christ's gift. There are different measures of gift, and that's, that's obvious, but everyone does have gifts given to them. So I want to challenge us this morning. There is grace for ministry on each of our lives. The question is, are we using them? What are you doing with the graceful ministry that's already been given to you as a believer? Peter admonishes us in 1 Peter 4 verses 10 and 11. He says, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another. Serve one another with it as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. The gifts you've got, he says, use it. Be a good steward of the multifaceted, varied, diverse grace of God. If anyone speaks, verse 11, if anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it 
as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. You using your gift makes you a good steward of the grace of God on your life, the grace for ministry. You're not wasting it. It's not going to let it let the grace of God go waste. You know, what excuses do we make that keep us from using our gifts? Here are some excuses. Very common. There is no one to encourage me. Now, we're all waiting for somebody to come and say, come on, you're the anointed prophet. Why don't you come and do something? Nobody's encouraging me. You know, the truth of the matter is that many times you've got to just encourage yourself in God and step out. If I waited for somebody to come and encourage me, I would have, we would have never come back to India and started a ministry. We've never done it. Because most people are saying, why don't you get a green card and settle down in America? That's the encouragement we received. So, if you had to do something, many times you have to step out. Just encouraging yourself in God. Take your first steps. Don't use that as an excuse. Believe God. Believe His words. That He has given you grace. There is a call. There is a purpose. There is grace on your life. Step out. Another excuse is no one's recognizing me and giving me opportunity. You know, when people see apples on a tree, they call it an apple tree. When people see the fruit you bear, they recognize what you are. But until you bear fruit, people don't know what kind of tree you are. Amen? So, get up, start doing something, bear fruit. And then people will call you for who you really are. So stop waiting for somebody to come and recognize you and give you the opportunity. When you stay, start taking initial steps and start showing some fruit, then opportunities will begin to come. Doors will begin to open. Amen? But if you're sitting at home on your grace couch watching Grace TV Network and praying short grace prayers, it's very unlikely somebody's going to come and knock on the door and say, my name is Grace. I've come to invite you to preach. It's very unlikely that's going to happen. Now, some of us may say, you know, I'm so busy. And I understand that, you know, all of us are very, very busy in life. We've got things to do. We've work got places of work. You've got families. You've got all kinds of things that need your attention and need your time and need your energy. But don't let your busyness cause you to become a bad steward of the grace of God that's been given to you. Amen? Be busy in life. It will keep you out of a lot of trouble. But don't be too busy that you don't. Use the grace of God. Don't use that as an excuse. You say, you know, I've got to be a good steward. Not only of the money and business and all that. I've got to be a good steward of the grace that has been given to me for ministry. There's a purpose in the body of Christ. I have a function. I have a call. And God has already given me the grace. I've got to use it. I've got to make time for it. Another excuse is there are others who can do the same thing better than me. There will always be people who can do things better than you. There are different measures of the gift of Christ. God designed it that way. There are short people, there are tall people, and all kinds of people, and all kinds of gift things. And there will always be people who can do something better than you. But don't let that become an excuse because there is always a place where you are needed. Amen? If you look around, you'll find a place where you can serve. Use your measure of gift. That's what Peter says. According to the ability given to you, do it. You don't have to compete with others. All God asks is according to the ability that is given to you. That's it. I'm sure there are lots of people who can preach better than me. So I'm not here to get better than them. I'm just here to serve according to the ability God's given me. 
If you're blessed with it, we'll all celebrate. If you're not blessed with it, find somebody who can preach better. Amen. As simple as that. But all I can do is to serve according to the ability God's given me. So let's not use that as an excuse saying there's always somebody better. There will always be somebody better than you. It's one very, very common one. I don't feel qualified or experienced enough. All of us feel like that, you know. Don't feel qualified enough for serving. Now, I'm not as holy. I don't smell holy. I don't look holy. I don't dress holy. So I don't think I'm qualified. And no experience. So you'll never get experience until you start doing something. So start doing something. You make mistakes and that's how you learn. That's how you get better. But don't let this become an excuse of not exercising the gifts of grace that are on your life. To be honest with you, I am nervous even to this day when I have to stand up and preach. I don't look nervous, but inside me, there are days when I'm nervous. So God, please help. Not too long ago, a couple of weeks ago, there was this invitation to come and speak to a, a seminary. But everybody there is a PhD, and most of them are double PhDs. When this invitation came, honestly, I was afraid. I said, God, what am I going to talk to these PhDs about? I mean, what is there that I can tell them which they probably don't already know? Inside me, I was afraid. But whenever I'm afraid, whether it's to preach in a service or do something, I go to those verses in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. The Bible says, Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God, who has made us able ministers of the New Testament. So I just tell myself, you know, my sufficiency is not from me. My sufficiency comes from God. My ability to rise up to any challenge is not from myself. It comes from God. And it is God who has made me an able minister. Of the New Testament. Amen. Second Corinthians 1 20 says. He who called us and anointed us is God. God you call me. You anointed me. It's your show. You handle it. He who called us and anointed us is God. So God you handle it. So we all feel that. We all feel inadequate. We all have feelings of, uh, of being not qualified enough. Not being experienced enough. And we must come to a place where we say. My sufficiency is of God. So I'm going to step out and go. Take up the challenge. Meet the task. Go out, serve. Because my grace comes from Him. Amen. Let's not use feelings of inadequacy as an excuse. So there's a calling on your life. There's already a grace gifting. Or many grace gifts given to each one of us. And we saw in Ephesians 3, 7. That accompanying the grace of God. Is the effective working of His power. That's the anointing. That's the working of His Holy Spirit. Amen. As long as you, are, you keep the call and the grace gift in alignment, you will always find the effective working of His power. Because His power flows through His gifts of grace in the areas of your functioning, your calling, your purpose. Amen? So none of us can make excuses this morning saying, I can't serve God. You can. But we all must grow in grace. The grace that you and I have experienced today or are experiencing today is not everything that there is to God's grace. Second Peter 3.18 says, Grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We've got to grow in the grace of God. You can have more of the grace of God on your life. We saw in the New Testament where the Bible says, He gives more grace to the humble. 
He gives more grace. More grace is available. We must grow in the grace that we are walking in, that we are experiencing. When it comes to ministry, you too can experience more of the grace gifting of God on your life. That's why you and I must learn to be faithful because faithfulness qualifies us for more. If you're faithful in little things, Jesus said he will, he will set you over more things. When he sets you over more things, there's more grace given to you, obviously. But faithfulness is a requirement to step in to more of his grace in the area of ministry. That's why we need to be trained in our lives to recognize the call of God so that you can make, make sure you're in alignment. Your calling and your gifting are in alignment. So you need training to help recognize the call. That's why you need to be trained in the grace gifts. Those are also flowing and similar gifts can train you so that you can grow in more of that grace gifting on your life. That's why you need to pray and grow in the anointing. And that's why you and I need to live holy lives and make sure that we don't do anything that hinders the working of His grace in our life. Amen. We can grow in the grace of God in our lives. Two more truths I want to share with you this morning in close. What about work? If ministry is an expression of God's grace, then, you know, I can just sit back and relax and just let everything happen because of His grace. What about my efforts? What about working hard? Grace empowers us to work. Grace doesn't make us lazy or complacent or inactive or passive or indifferent. Here's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 10. He says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace toward me was not in vain. Meaning, I didn't waste the grace of God that was extended to me. Here's what I did. I labored more abundantly than all of them, all the other apostles. Yet, not I. By the grace of God, which was with me. Paul says, you know, whatever I am, I am by the grace of God. But here's a secret. I worked hard. And I worked harder than all the other apostles. But even my hard work, I don't take credit for it. He says, it was by the grace of God given to me. There is grace to work hard. Amen. Some of us need to pray for that grace first. Just joking. The grace to work hard. Is I work more than the others. But even that hard work I did, I did it by the grace of God. Grace does not exclude hard work in ministry. Amen, students. Right? Work hard. Put your heart, mind, soul into it as much as you can. Labor abundantly by the grace of God in your life. And as you and I work hard, we will find more grace. More grace empowering us. Paul said, you know, I've been through all kinds of stuff. Traveled by ship. Traveled miles. Beaten, persecuted. Forced to fast because no food. Naked. Judged. Misunderstood. All kinds of things. But I kept going because of the grace of God in my life. And lastly, I want to say this. The Bible tells us that the grace gifts of God are irrevocable. Romans eleven twenty nine says, the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. That means God does not change his mind about his call for your life or the gifts of grace that he's given to you. You know, in life, we all go through different periods, seasons. So maybe some of us sitting here, we look, always look back to the past and we say, you know, five years ago, I was in my calling. I answered the call, so to speak. And I was you know, functioning in the church, in the body of Christ, and, and the gifts of grace were flowing through my life. And then I got married, unfortunately. And everything ceased. 
Or then I took up a job and then everything stopped. Or then I, had to, I got promoted and I had more responsibility and everything stopped. Today, I'm like a cold turkey frozen for six months. I don't know anything about my calling. Gifting, what is it? And maybe some of us are like that today. You always look back and say, you know, that time I served God. That time I was flowing in the grace gifting of God. But today, there's no fire. I don't know if I'm called. I don't know if there's any gifting in my life. The Bible says the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. It's still inside you. You may feel cold and frozen, but inside you, there's a call and there's a gifting. God has never withdrawn it. Amen. Today can be the day when you say, God, thaw the ice of my life. Set me free from being so preoccupied with the cares of this world. I want to answer the call. I want to use, exercise every grace gift you've placed inside me. I want to be a good steward of the manifold grace of God. And Lord, like Paul, I'm willing to labor abundantly. Make up for those five years, ten years of being in the freezer. I'm willing to make it up. I'm willing to work hard. Amen. None of us can leave this place this morning saying, I don't have grace for ministry. It's there. It's in you. A purpose has been given to you. You are a minister of God. The grace gifts have been given to you. It's inside you. Maybe you haven't used them. That's a different thing. But it's there. There is grace for ministry. I want to encourage you. Don't let His grace on your life go in vain. Paul said, His grace given to me was not in vain. It was not wasted. I encourage you to say the same thing. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.